Hey guys, welcome back. This is CourtsofHeatCourtsofHeat.com. As today, we are back with another podcast episode. It's been a, it's been a while. It's been a while for sure because, as you can tell, this is a Sunday, not a Monday, or any day that ends with a Y besides the weekends, right? But it was very, very long for me because, let me tell you, having the flu, like having a sickness, illness, whatever, it stinks, it really does, and it just puts a damper on your weekend, or on your week, really, because when I got done recording uh, this past Friday's podcast episode, I was down for the county. If, if, if there was like a picture taken of me, it would look like a car just wrecked over, a bit. Like it looked like this car got wrecked, and so that is why for the past week now, past eight or nine days, eight days probably, I have not posted any podcast episodes because I've been sick. Same with content. We are getting back to the swing of it. I've been wanting it killed me not to release a podcast episode when I was meant to, especially for the NBA Finals. But I am now back. Uh, the flu is now over because now I can actually talk again without coughing or having to go blow my nose. And trust me, it was very miserable and agitated me. And just angered me to the point of no return. But bearing all that in mind, I can care less for that as I am now ready to rep the Phoenix Suns, represent my state, my home team, and just see their massive, massive takeover and glory begin. It's truly amazing if you think about it. And all this podcast episode is going to be, it's going to be like about like a 30, 45 minute podcast episode, unless I just keep rattling off because I cannot stop talking when I catch a flow. It's just going to be about the NBA Finals. It's going to be about how I'm feeling. It's going to be about how everyone else is feeling. Look, you can, you can complain about the NBA Finals, you can enjoy it. It's that simple because. So many people want to see Nets against the Lakers. And trust me, I totally agree. That would have been a great matchup. But why does this matchup not anger me as it does everyone else? Because I'm going to take out the home team uh, home team going in. But just a journey both teams had to endure just to get to this point. The Bucs have, have not won a championship since 1971. Let me repeat that. 1971, and the year is 2021, if I have that correct, so that is 50 years, the Phoenix Suns have only been uh, NBA Finals, for this is their third time, one in the 1970s, Uh, pardon me, I do not remember that date, but the date that we all refer back to is 1993, Suns against the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen going up against Charles Barkley and his team in the NBA Finals. As you may know, we have not won a championship. We're still at zero, but the Phoenix Suns are given another breath of, of power of a boost of fans rallying behind them. And this is very significant now. And what's the point I want to try to make? Oh, yeah, this is much better than Nets Lakers. Why? Because 
It was just going to be two super teams or one super team in AD and LeBron. And injuries would have played a huge effect in that. Yes. I don't know if that was made able to go. The uh, Both teams, people are like, oh, let's do uh, Nets-Lakers. Look, I think LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin, etc. are phenomenal athletes, are talented individuals, but not with injuries. And I would have been saddened. I would have been very angry if I would have gotten as, as a series in the NBA Finals. Look, if they were both healthy and LeBron had a healthy ankle and, and Anthony Davis was healthy and not always having groin, calf, knee injuries, my goodness, in game three of the first round against our Phoenix Suns, he was playing for a hyperextended knee. Now, congratu- uh, congratulations to that man for playing through an injury and actually seeking the victory and claiming it. That's that's huge. But here's the thing. And then when you see Nets against the box and the semi uh, in the comp yeah, the conference finals, you see injury set in. Kyrie, the sprained ankle. Oh, okay, fine, we can still manage. James Harden, the hamstring issue, tightening up, loosening up, stiffening out, trying just to get it cooperating with him only being able to play a few minutes before our action. Okay, we still have Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, fatigued, can't really go, given it's always got champion, right? Um, It would have been a very disappointing NBA Finals because both those teams would have already been out of gas and everybody would be like, well, um... Our dream matchup has been plundered by injuries and, yeah, injuries. But here's the thing. People have to remember. when Everybody hated when it was Cavaliers against Warriors for four to five years straight. When one of those two teams were in the NBA Finals or both. We just hated. That's why I love Ky- uh, Kawhi Leonard so much. We was with the Toronto Raptors. Nick Nurse won championships. We didn't want the Warriors to win. So when we have something different, when something original comes out of the blue, when something original pops up on our desk, we we really and I get it. The, you may have a uh, preference against both teams, but we should not like make fun of NBA Finals just because these are two gone from bad teams to good teams, right? I'm I'm just saying we don't always have to see super teams in NBA Finals, so I'm 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 extremely um excited for this NBA Finals. The Suns are already up two nothing on the NBA Finals. Devin Chris Paul and Devin Booker have played amazingly, just played amazing. Sure, we've had our rough games. Sure, we injuries have set in. Dario Sarjic torn his ACL. Um, Tory Craig, sure, uh, he's questionable, but he's going to be playing in tonight's action. Here's the thing, some of their own issues, but Mikel Bridges, especially Cam Johnson, have been stepping up. Everyone has, and so has Tory Craig. Um, Giannis, injuries, I, I, I don't want to make this a negative, but, um, me being the realist, I have to remember, I have to keep thinking to myself... How much longer does Giannis Antetokounmpo, I 
botched his last name. I was feeling myself too much about that. Never mind, never mind. Um, Giannis has left on that injured knee. He has a hyperextended knee. Who knows how much worse, how much more damage that knee has gotten. Because he's played two monstrous back-to-back games within a two-day span before taking a three-day break. So he had two days off now tonight, right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing everybody's got to worry about. How much of a, how much of a force is he going to be? I'm not doing what-ifs anymore. That, that, that speculation's great, but I've seen in game one and game two, for him to combine over 50 to 60 points over that, might I add, and for him to shoot great, sure the free throws are not great, but Phoenix Suns fans were just trolling him and just having that shot meter, um, just having that clock, that free throw me- uh, clock, right? And he just kept going over it. Uh, and fans, in the, especially in the first game, were just getting inside his head. But thing, that knee, especially for who he is and what he does, that knee's going to play a huge effect, going to play a huge role. Am I worried about Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday? Yes, I'm going to talk about them in a little bit. But Giannis is also going to be a factor. Is also going to hurt the Phoenix Suns. Why? Because for whatever reason, game one, Devin Booker was able to draw a majority of the fouls. At one point, he was 10, he was 10 of 10 from free throws when the Suns only shot 19. Game two, it was majority of Giannis. He was getting fouls on everyone. He was drawing them. So Giannis, despite the knee injury, and he has shown that a lot in game two where he's holding his knee, where he's trying to um, like trying to grab his knee, show pain, facial expressions, right? Or, and this is 100% true, whenever he drops to the ground, your heart, has to drop because it's like, oh no, he's going to get back up. Why is he taking more? She should be up. Like, all these reactionary questions begin, and that is not uncommon, my ad, but still, it's like, what's going to happen? And you have that voice, you have that mentality in the back of your head, like, oh boy, what's going to happen next? But with Giannis, um, let me add this he's playing tonight, he's going to give his all. This is the NBA Finals. He's not going to try to be subbed out. And he's going to try to go for another 20 to 30 point game. But I swear, the Suns cannot, and I mean they cannot, get relaxed with the notion, with the concept of, well, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday did not shoot well last game. They didn't have a good game, so we just need to contain Giannis. Oh, the Bucks could not shoot from the three point line. They were missing easy layups, easy put-ins. Well, I guess we're just the better team offensively. Statistically, maybe. Um, just looking at game-to-game, game, maybe. But that doesn't always mean it's going to work that way. So what I mean by that is Chris Middleton can activate it. He is a elite shooter this postseason for this Milwaukee team. Without a shout-out, I will debate that topic and argument every single day. Why? Because he's just a very good three-point shooter. That's his specialty. He is a specialist on the shooting end. 
He can pass it. He can rebound. But not as well as he can shoot that ball. And he can conquer that um, court. Can conquer every single possession that he has. Especially knock down shots that are important when he's feeling it. When he feels that, when he knows that team needs a shot, nine out of ten times he'll convert on that. Drew Holiday, he is a great shooter, but remember, great shooters can also be great passers. And to me, that's Drew Holiday. He's like one of those underrated passers. You don't want to forget about him. People don't credit him enough for that. Drew Holiday can see great court. He can see the court. He's great. He has great court vision, awareness. He knows what's there. He knows how to space it. He knows how to get teammates involved. All three of the men do. Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday. Right, they can. And please, do not underestimate Brooke Lopez. The NBA, for many years now, since the three-point shot has been introduced, is fading far, uh, far, far away from... The notion from the actual concept of having a big man. From the tradition of having a traditional big man. From having a real center. But Brooke Lopez is that real center. He will beat you um, in rebounds. Meaning he'll be that uh, down and dirty guy. He'll be um, that Dennis Rodman. Meaning, he'll be that big man. He'll be that David Robinson in the paint. Probably a better comparison, right? Because what we've seen up front this series, let alone just this series, he has been able to dominate the paint, get that post-hook shot. The post-game is his game. Those hook shots are his specialty. He controls the paint when no one else is aggressive or brings that physicality. If they're not being physical and they're not mentally and physically outsmarting him, he finds a way 10 out of 10 times to convert, to trap, and just to exploit all the issues and use that for his advantage. And I'm not, and I'm not being, um, I'm not like, oh, what's the word? I'm not kidding about that. And that's a huge issue. Because Brooke Lopez, if he's feeling it in that paint, they can lob it up to him. He's caught a few alley-oops. He's got put-back dunks or put-back layups, right? He's done that before, and he's not afraid to do it again because he's done that for his entire career, play after play. If the team needs him, he doesn't need to be pulling off 20 shots. But if he's getting off 10 and converting 8 of them, great, you just gave up 16 points. But it doesn't even have to come from all from the paint or the perimeter. It can come from beyond the arc. If he's open or if he feels the three-point shot, he'll take the shot. And 8 out of 10 the times, and I'm just using random numbers here that's close to what I feel that he can do, he can make that shot. He can make... That shot. So, so the 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 the, the signs really have to consider this. And I know they have. I know they make in game and post game and pre game adjustments to every single one of these players because you always have to adapt. You always have to um, adjust, right? 
But you have to pay attention. Each part of that Milwaukee team does a certain role and they carry out their mission. They carry out their order. Giannis, he's the one that just brings in the rock. He's the one that attracts everyone. He's like the light to the moths. And we're the moths. Like we're saying, oh, look at Giannis. He, even though he's injured, he's still pounding it. And then now allows in Christian Middleton and Drew Holiday to start pulling shots. And all of a sudden, you, you see the Bucks making a run. Or even Brooke Lopez. DeAndre has to play physical. Torrey Craig, um, if playing tonight and if healthy enough to play physical. Even a, a, uh, Nadir has to play physical. Everyone that's going to be in the paint has to be physical. Centers have to be physical. Power forwards have to be physical. But for whatever reason, when Jay Crowder starts to get bodying up someone or starts doing really nice defense or gets all handsy, and I get it, all happens to everyone, they call fouls. They call it on, they call the fouls on him, and I don't know. So you have to be careful of that situation too. Because that is not a mistake you want to make because foul trouble is real and it's been real for the Phoenix Suns. Whether in the Clippers um, series where the refs were intentionally trying to get players out in the Lakers series when they were a little too handy and a little too forceful. Or even the Nuggets series where they were on control but still had some bad, bad moments. So, with all that being said about the Bucks. I talked about the negative. I talked about the realest moments that the Bucks have to face. I mean, that the Suns have to face. But what do the Bucks have to face? What competitive edge do the Suns have? Meaning, what does Suns bring that makes them them? Well, of course, they're hungry and determination. Of course, that, that edges out anything because they're hungry for a win. This is a. Uh, this is not a pivotal game five. But this is a contending um, game free. What I mean by that is, is that if the Suns win tonight, they go free. Oh, they make it a series. It's not a series until um, the away team beats the home team. Or when the home team loses. Right? My dad says that all the time. People say that all the time. And I get that. It angers me because it's like, this is going to be a final. So anything can happen. And I, but I get that. But I get it. For the Bucks, they're staggering off elimination. Because if they lose tonight, they'll be facing elimination. The rest of the uh, rest of the four games, if they try to make it a series. And you do not want that to happen. So, you have to win tonight if you're the Bucks. But if you're the Suns, you can live with losing tonight. But you cannot... You can live with losing tonight, but you want to win. If that makes sense. Because you don't want to be... The team that is putting all of their eggs into one basket and saying, we have to win tonight, we have to win tonight, we have to win tonight. That is the mentality you want to have, but you cannot be controlled by it to where it's like, uh-oh, what are we going to do now? Um, we, we gassed ourselves out. We just made this the top priority, and we might just cost ourselves. And I might be speaking in circles, but I'm always coming around, right? If I don't know if I lost anybody yet, because I almost lost myself. But for the Suns, they just have to continue what they're doing. First of all, defense has to be much better. If we can stop their transition and fast break points, that is always a great thing. I'm never going to say as a negative when we do that. 
All I'm saying is we have to play better defense. Quick and handsy. And if you're going to foul, do it right. Because they are going to mess with us until the day that this series is over. They're going to try to draw fouls. Not as bad as Paul George and the Clippers, but they're going to try to draw fouls. And if they draw fouls, they know that's where our weaknesses are. Right? So it's like one, it's like one of those things. You have to play strong D. If you're going to call, commit to a foul, you have to hit them uh, hit them strong. Meaning, you have to go up strong and you just have to reject that ball so they, so you force them to make those free throws to get those points. Make them earn those baskets. And it may sound insane now, but legit, you have to do that. Especially for Devin Booker. Especially for the smaller guys. It just helps. Because... You'll be able to contest that thing if you're DeAndre and if you go up strong enough, but maybe not for Devin Booker because that could be an easy lion, depending on how they draw it. But it, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Ready? I believe that for defense, you have to play off of them a few inches. Give them a little bit of breathing room, but not enough to where they can almost make their free pointers. You can you can live with a Brook Lopez free or Giannis free. Because the back-to-back games in game one and game two, Giannis and Lopez, they were fine from the free point, but you should not be worrying about them from the free point. But you should be worrying about uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and whomever else on on the free point side. Now, on the paint side, perimeter side, sure, worry about those two. Worry about everyone, but mainly those two. But just do not get sloppy with defense. Do not get arrogant on that defensive side. Now, offen- now offensively, let Chris Paul start it off. Whether that be transition baskets for Mikel Bridges dunk, like we've seen in the opening of Game 1, I believe. Please do not quote me on that. Or let Chris Paul feel himself on the shooting. Then let that trickle down to Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayn. If I'm DeAndre Ayn, I would heed every piece of advice that Monty Williams is coaching because Monty Williams is the head coach in pep talks, in uh, warm-up talks, and just just in coaching in general. Mike Boonholzer gave a lousy, lousy uh, speech to his players for uh, game one, I believe, or in one of the first two games, right? But not Monty. Monty said, you know what? It's, he said it's Joe and and this is something like that. He's like, it's not all about stats. Just play physical. You just got to go out there and you got to help your team. Like, he's 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 instructing DeAndre and to say, you know what? It's not about stats. You got to do X. You got to do this. Do not worry about this, but worry about this. And that helped DeAndre and That got DeAndre into a new mindset to help the Suns. Because he worried, he stopped worrying about stats, and he set really good screens, as an example. He hit a few good screens that led to some great baskets. And that's what we need more. And I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get upset at a player if I watch them play and they're not putting on great stats, but they're contributing, they're impacting the game and their team very, very, very well. Look, this is gonna be a tough one, but offensively, it has to start with Chris Paul. It always starts with a point guard. No matter who you are, it starts with a point guard. Tradition, Traditionally, and just now, 
moderate style, right? I guess moderate style would be good. I, I don't know what it, today's, like today's NBA. It starts with a point guard. You have a center, you have a true, you have a somewhat true center, but you have a true point guard. Because if you have a true point guard, like Chris Paul, or when we had Ricky Rubio, it makes the complete difference, and it helps Devin Booker. Because not everyone's going to have to have Devin Booker bring up that ball. Or having every or having every defender concentrate their attention on Devin Booker. But now you can spread out between CP3 and D-Book. That backcourt got stronger, but now they got to play a little stronger, if that makes sense. And it starts right here, right now. Also... It goes down to DeAndre Ayn. DeAndre Ayn's got to box out better. He's got to go up stronger. He's got to play physical, physical, physical. I can't stress that word enough. Because the key for DeAndre Ayn is he's a talented big man. But talent only goes so far. You need to have execution, hustle, and physicality. You just need to go up strong with it. You just need to say, you know what? If you need to say, give him like a hard foul. And say, you know what? I'm here. You're not getting free baskets because I'm here. I'm in the paint. I'm going to make you work for it. I'm going to make you pay for it. Don't you ever, ever, ever get in my space again because I'm going to let you know what hit you. I'm going to let you know that I'm here and I'm not going to let you push this team around in the paint. That has to be DeAndre. I'm not saying he has to go bad boy style uh, with the uh, Detroit Pistons back in the late um, 19, uh, 1980s, right? I'm not saying he needs to do all that. I'm not saying he needs to be like Devin, Dennis Rodman to start punching people. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need him to be a trash talker. I just need him to be a presence, a body of force, and just a guy ready to create some havoc in the paint. And then Mikel Bridges does it. Cam Johnson does it. Um, those two guys, boy, oh boy, they're there when you need them. Nothing but praise for them. And let me just say, I have nothing but respect and praise for these guys because injuries have been tough. Campaign has had injuries. Chris Paul Strong has injuries. But Devin Booker had his injuries. Torrey Craze had his injuries. Derek Sargic, major injury for him. He can't even play anymore due to a torn ACL. Uh, fatigue has been real. Stress has been real. Uh, energy draining and rising has been real. It just all, all depends on where you go now. And Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson has been there for everyone. They have not played selfish ball. Sure, they've taken some bad shots, but they made some really good shots. Cam Johnson started us off two for two from the free point line. Uh, from the three-point area as he was draining some shots, getting us into it. Mikel Bridges does his and uh, his mid-range game and his three-point. His defense, do not take lightly. Mikel Bridges, Bridges also has underrated defense. His defense is also great. And then you talk about Jay Crowder. Jerry Cow- Jay Crowder is one of the most underrated let me repeat that again. Underrated, power forward, role players this postseason. When you need to start, he can hit freeze. 
and his three-point ability has rattled off some of the biggest runs the Suns have ever gotten in this entire postseason. Thanks, Diamond. When you need to go down with that man, he'll go down with you, right? He's always there, and that role player has been there. He's a veteran, has done all, seen all. He's been in the NBA Finals before. Fun fact, Jay Crowder on both the Bucks and the Suns is the only player to have been in the NBA Finals ever. Think about that. So he has the whereabouts. He has not. He has the veteran knowledge. And now he's using that to the advantage of the Phoenix Suns. And that is such a huge, huge, huge advantage the Suns have. That and Chris Paul. Chris Paul may be new to the NBA Finals, but boy, do not do not underestimate him. He's not going to get nervous. Sure, he may have nerves, but he's not going to take completely take over his game like he did to Cam Newton back in 2016 Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos. He stays cool, calm, and collected. He goes unconscious. That's why they call him. That's why they call his number. That's why they say, you know what? That's that's who we need. That's who we want. Um, and that's what they're gonna get. So this lineup, going through everyone, I believe the Phoenix Suns can take game three, not from a biased home like home like team like. Uh, what was the word? I'm not doing this from like a home team perspective. Being biased? No. I'm just being real. I'm just saying the Suns have a better chance. Injuries have been played out better. Right by the Phoenix Suns. But all I'm saying is, is that Phoenix and Bucks and Milwaukee have all shared. Have all had their fair share of injuries. But the Suns had more, and they're able to capitalize more and learn more. And thank goodness that nothing else has happened to our roster, even though the first two games have experienced back-to-back injuries. And while that is devastating, you just have to learn and move on about it and just better. But here's the thing. Here's the thing everybody's got to worry about now. Where will the Bucks find their energy? Will they find in the first quarter, first few minutes? Will they find in the second, third, or fourth quarter? Truly, to truly, because we all know the Bucks are going to give their punch. We all know the Suns are going to give their punch. But where, respectfully, where, like, where will the Suns or the Bucks, or at the same time, give their punch? Because one's going to be more dominant, more overly powerful than one team during a stretch of the game. Will it be the Suns like they did in the first two games, or will? The Bucks finally step in and stop their shooting slump because everyone has been talking about this, about where do both teams go after tonight? Where does everyone go if the Suns win or if the Suns lose or the Bucks win or the Bucks lose? These are all hypotheticals. They're all what ifs. Yes, but these are going to become a reality come after five o'clock tonight, come after eight o'clock tonight. Correct. The game starts at five p.m. Um, on ABC, ESPN 2, if you have it, that's ESPN number 2, but ABC, ABC is where we're watching it. I'm watching on YouTube TV because, of course, I don't have ABC, so I need to get YouTube TV. It's all good. And 
I'm taking the Suns to win. This is going to be an emotional night for many people because one stagging off elimination and one's trying to uh, climb towards the gold. Trying to get that um, trophy. Trying to get the NBA Finals. The ring. That everyone, they want to complete the fairy tale that Chris Paul has been trying to make. That he's trying to have that Cinderella moment. If that's like the correct moment. I, I, I'm not too familiar with Cinderella. Like I get, I get her. But I really don't. I know the story. But yeah. But he's trying to say. Okay I started from this. I've worked up 16 years of my career. I finally want to get the ring. And if I were him. Which I know is not going to happen. Because he wants a two to three year contract. And I would love for him to stay in Phoenix. Or if he's going to go to the next inner one. But more. More preferably the Suns right. I liked for him to retire after the season and say, you know what? I got my ring. I'm done. I, I worked 16 years for this. I sank the Suns organization as they sank me, but I'm done. We did this. It's truly going to be something to see. And I think being back to seeing his whole career, I think it would be awesome for him to end it that way. I don't know if he like to make it a repeat. But we'll talk about that tomorrow, Monday. We'll have an entirely new podcast episode here tomorrow. I just wanted to cover everything. Uh, my mind has exploded. I went to many different er- areas. This was just a huge episode. A quick episode. Just on Bucks, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, Milwaukee, right? It's going to be in Milwaukee tonight. No more Suns fans for majority of it. We'll now see Milwaukee have their fan base. Huh. But ours is the best fan base I'll be I'll be rocking my Devin Booker jersey tonight, as it is going to be exciting. It's going to be excitingly enjoyable to watch. It's going to be interesting to watch. We'll give you everything tomorrow. I will bring back the breaking news segment, as I just want to talk about the Bucks and so, uh, Suns today, as this is exciting. Um, we will be posting throughout social media, mainly Twitter. Instagram, I can't find a photo every single time I need to post an update. Now, I post too many updates, and I say too many things for me to post a photo every single time. So, catch me on Twitter. We will be there. Twitter.com slash Courts of Heat. Again, Twitter.com slash Courts of Heat. Or, to make your life simpler, which we're always trying to do, just type in Courts of Heat, one word, capitalize it. You can't or you don't. doesn't matter. In the Google, one word, Courts of Heat. You'll be able to find QuartzHeat.com, our main website, our store from Macari, QuartzHeat.store, just to get there quicker. But you can find all of our social media. You can find everything. We'll be back in the studio tomorrow. We cannot wait. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning, breaking down the game everyone's talking about. Rally the Valley, he's here. We're here. Phoenix is going to be bringing home the W, and I cannot wait. This is exciting. And we'll just see how it plays out from here. Go Suns.